Welcome to the Cedar House Church Sermon of the Week. Our desire is to remain in God's presence, explore His passions, and supply tools that serve and inspire our city. Hey guys. I'm going to set a timer so I don't like talk your ear off. Um, cool. So yeah, Landon kind of introduced me, but um, for those of you that don't come to Tapestry or haven't come to Creative Connect, um, I'm not a total rando off the street. Um, I've helped Stacy teach at Tapestry for a couple years now, um, started Creative Connect, um, also co-led a thing we did in 2016 called Q Commons, and we're going to do it again this fall, so I'm really excited about that too. Um, it's funny, if you've never been here, I could be the lead pastor for all you know, but I'm not, I'm not. Um, so yeah, and I've also known Landon and Stacey for almost 10 years. Um, uh, we met them in Seattle. Um, we had both kind of moved cross-country and didn't know anyone, and we were like each other's only friends, and we pretty much hung out whenever we could and like didn't spend time with anyone else because we were like we don't know anyone. Um, it was a really fun season. It was also, as you can tell, a very cold season. Um, any picture in Seattle, I'm wearing like 10 layers and a raincoat, like in every picture. Um, it's just cold all the time. Um, more raincoats. Black and gray are the only colors you wear in Seattle. Stacy ha- must have had that before she got there, because there's no way she would have bought that there. Um, if you ever want to know any really fun stories about Landon and Stacy before they had kids or when Stacy was really blonde, you could come talk to me after. I'll tell you everything you ever wanted to know. Um, so also just a little tiny bit about me so you have a clue before I start talking about things. Um, I grew up in Southern California. Um, these are my four beautiful sisters. They are the most constant, wonderful things throughout my whole life. Um, I grew up in the church, but I probably didn't have a real relationship with God until I was in college. I don't know if you guys know that journey. Um, If you grew up in the church and you just, oh, I go to church all the time. And then you go to college and you're like, oh, I have to choose to go to church or I can choose not to go to church. Um, I had this thing where I, I remember I was like a sophomore in college and I used to sneak out and go to church, but I didn't tell my roommate where I was going. And I didn't know why I was doing that. (laughs) But I was still, like, trying to figure out, do I want to go to church? Is this, like, embarrassing? Or is this, like, who I am? Um, So, yeah, I I was figuring that out, who God was and who I I was to God. Um, I started adventuring during college. I did some really fun trips. I backpacked across the United States um, doing a photography class. I worked on a congressional campaign. I moved to an island off the coast of Southern California and then moved to Northern California. Um, if you heard the podcast that I did with Landon, I, after I lived in Northern California, I went to Sri Lanka to do relief work um, when there was a tsunami, and that's where I met my husband. That's my husband. Um, he's from England. Um, we got married 11 years ago yesterday. Um, so we met on an adventure. We met in Sri Lanka, and then we kind of kept adventuring for a while. 
Um, we moved 11 times. Um, we've lived in five states and two countries. And we started a business to give back to people um, around the world and help people after disasters and stuff like that. So um, probably if you've met us since we've met, been here, you kind of know us like that. But this is kind of how we were for a really long time. We, um, we love traveling. Um, we are 100% on the same page about loving going to developing countries and loving on people in need. So we want to keep doing more of that. Um, okay, so, but why am I here today? Not to tell you all about myself. I could do that for a long time, but that's not what I'm going to do. Um, I'm here to talk about process. <laughs> so, if you haven't noticed, I'm going to use PowerPoint today. This is not really a Cedar House thing, and I'm doing it. <laughs> I love, I love PowerPoint. Um, so, a few months ago, I was getting ready for my day, and I was, I think I was even looking in the mirror, I was getting ready, and I almost heard the audible voice of God, and I heard him say, I love process. And he didn't say, I love your process. He just, it was like some random fact floating in the air, and I heard it. And I was like, okay, anything else? Nothing, just I love process. Um, so I felt like that was the start of just God opening the door to a lot of conversation with me. Um, who knows that God loves to start treasure hunts with us? He'll give us like a little nugget of truth, and then he wants us to go find the treasure. Um, yeah, so just a heads up, I'm going to have a lot of verses tonight because I want you I want to show you that God loves process with his words and not just my words. Um, but I don't want you, I don't want to spend a bunch of time with you flipping through your Bible. Um, so this is why I have this. I don't know. So this is, I don't know if this is just me or if this is like a shared church experience. But you're like, it feels like a very churchy thing when like the pastor's like, who brought their Bible? And then you get like a round of applause if you brought your Bible. Um, and then they're doing the sermon and they're like, okay, flip to First Thessalonians. And you're like, sweet. And you're going, and then you realize like, I don't even know where First Thessalonians is. And you're like thinking like, where is it in the Bible? And then you do the like, look at your neighbor and you're like, you, they don't know what verse it is. They already forgot. And you're just like, shoot, where is it? And you like finally get there and you're really stoked. And then you look up and they're already on to like the next point. And you're like, wait, I didn't even hear the verse. So I don't know if that's happened to you, but I feel like that's a church thing. I don't want that to happen to you tonight. So just for today, you just get a round of applause for not opening your Bible, okay? Um, don't open your phone. Everything will be clearly up here for you. And if you want the verses, you can listen to the podcast tomorrow and write them all down. Um, is that cool with everybody? Everyone good with that? Awesome. So no work. You just get to show up today. Um, awesome. So I want to start with defining what process is because I think this is important because it can mean one thing to someone and some completely something else to someone else. So um, I want to define it early because I'm going to use the word a lot tonight and I want you to be able to like interchange it with other words that mean more to you or like hit home. So I just want to read really quick. So these are just synonyms of process. Really easy. You can find it in the thesaurus. 
process is development, growth, movement, practice, step, prepare, refine, transform, fulfill, make ready, deal with. So anytime I use the word process tonight, if any of those meanings feel more true to you, go ahead and use those. Um, I'd say the theme with that is like, looks like there's a lot of growing words in there. Um, So process is not to ignore, neglect, forget, decrease, ignorance, failure, haunt, inactivity, and decline. So not so much growing words seem kind of negative and backwards. So cool. Now that we're on the same page, I just want to tell you something. God's design in almost everything is process. I don't know if you've ever thought about that before. I'll let you let that sink in because that's like the whole message today. He built it into like literally almost everything. So we don't just get born. We have to develop for like nine to ten months. It's a process, right? Um, Our life, when we're born, hopefully we live many, many, many decades. Um, And throughout that time, our brain is actually developing. It's changing. And we're growing and we're maturing. Um, The way that you are at five is not the same way that you are at 55, hopefully, (laughs) for many reasons. Um, The way he designed nature, um, when you plant a seed, it takes time for it to become a tree. He did all of this for a purpose. It is part of his design, and he loves it. The middle of all these things are the big parts. This is where the work is put in where we water and tend and we have discipline, that's the process. Um, God designed it on purpose, and it's really important that we recognize it. So one reason I know that God loves process is that he sent Jesus, his son, as a baby. So for all we know, God could have snapped his fingers and just saved us. But he chose to send Jesus as a baby, for him to grow up, to entrust him with people to care for him. He went through puberty. That must have been fun. Um, And he waited 33 years to save us. That's process. Okay, so he he likes that. Um, Another reason I know God loves process is that he chose for our salvation to come through Jesus dying on the cross on a Friday, and then he came back on Sunday. (laughs) Um, What must Saturday have been like for Jesus' friends and his disciples? That's process. They They had to choose what they believed on Saturday. Um, Friday was only good in retrospect. There was no one sitting around at the crucifixion saying, this is a good day, except for the people that killed him. Um, And I think sometimes God forces us to have a Saturday because he wants to know what we believe. So I want to even challenge you tonight to to think about it and, and ask yourself, like, do you feel like you're in a Saturday with God Like, are you questioning his plan? Like, did he tell you something a long time ago and now you're like, I feel like you told me this and I'm sitting here waiting, but it's not happening. That's okay. The disciples did it too. 
Um, so in the Bible, Jesus talked to people where they were at because they lived in an agrarian society. They lived off the land. They depended on animals, and they saw the circle of life all the time. So they understood process because everything took time. So sometimes I think we read the Bible and we're like, Jesus is talking about the harvest a lot. And we're like, I've never even planted a seed once. Um, he talks about mustard seeds and the parable of the sowers. That seems kind of distant from us because we don't, we don't live in that kind of society. Um, Paul talks about process. Um, in Galatians 6, 9, he says, And don't allow yourselves to be weary or disheartened in planted good seed, planting good seeds. That's process. For the season of reaping, the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. So what he's saying is don't give up. Take care of the seeds you've planted. Um, he also talks about it in Hebrews twelve eleven. He says, at the time, discipline isn't much fun. It always feels like it's going against the grain. Later, of course, it pays off handsomely, for it's the well-trained who find themselves mature in their relationship with God. So well-trained sounds a lot like development and growth like we kind of talked about at the beginning. Um, so what he's saying is process leads to mature relationship with God. So in the same way that we have to mature to become adults, we have to go through process so that we can have a mature relationship with God. Um, so it seems like we keep getting hints all over the Bible about how God loves process. Um, but how, so how, does, how do we take that truth in a society that we didn't live in and we don't understand and how do we apply it to us right now. Because um, it, we know we can all agree that God designed process, um, but sometimes it feels really hard. So we're like living in this frustration with God, like, hey, why did you design it if it feels really hard? Um, so I just want to give you a little insight. So our 21st century America isn't really designed for process, if you don't know that already. It doesn't set us up to be really good at waiting. So we know a truth that we have to live in, which is God-designed process, but we live in a world that doesn't teach us how to do that really well. Um, we live in a world that's really immediate gratification. Um, in Seattle, you can actually order something on Amazon and get it delivered same day. <laughs> so that is, you don't have to wait for anything. Um, there was a study done a few years back um, that since the year 2000, or about when the mobile revolution began, um, the average attention span dropped from about 12 seconds to 8 seconds. And that might not sound like a huge deal, but until you find out that a goldfish's attention span is actually 9 seconds. So this is a big deal. <laughs> Our attention span as a culture has gotten shorter than a goldfish. That is not good. Maybe it doesn't mean as much to you as it means to me. It makes me want to go read like 20 books so that my attention span grows again. Um, so we're going to have to just be conscious of the fact that our environment doesn't produce an easy way for us to do process. We are going to have to work at it a little bit. We have to be conscious of that. Um, if we want to thrive in process and not just like make it through life, then we have to, like, recognize that it's going to be a little bit of work. But thankfully, we don't have to do it alone because I believe God's given us tools to get through process. And I think he's given us tools because he cares about us. He genuinely loves us, and he doesn't, 
he didn't create process to torture us. It wasn't like some fun idea that he thought would be like, let's just make things really hard for them. He actually created our minds and our bodies. He was the original coder of our body. So he actually knows how we function best. So he's given us tools to do process really well if we just listen and, and like follow along. Um, one of my favorite things over the last year that I've kind of been seeing over and over again is how science is proving God. And it's just so beautiful. The more science progresses, the more it proves God, um, which is so fun. Like, we don't have to be afraid of science because it's literally pointing us back to God all the time. Um, so I don't know if you've noticed, but like a lot of psychologists and new age people and different kinds of scientists are all saying like how good positivity and gratitude is and how it will help you live longer. Well, the Bible actually says be thankful in all circumstances because this is God's will for you. So he said, hey, I designed you to be thankful because I want you to live a really long life. Not because I just want you to do everything I say for fun because I just like to watch you do that. Um, Philippians 4.9 says, fix your thoughts on what's true and right and pure and lovely. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. He did all this because he knows how our brains work and how we can best thrive in our process. Um, he totally loves us, and he wants us to succeed. So I'm just going to go through a few tools today that I believe God's given us to thrive in process, and it's really, really easy. Um, the first one is dreams. Um, God gives us dreams to guide and instruct us. Um, has anyone ever had a dream that was like literally God telling you to do something? So before I told you that I met Jeremy in Sri Lanka, so I actually met him there because God told me in a dream to go to Sri Lanka. Um, I talked about it, this in detail on the podcast that I did with Landon, so I won't go into a lot of detail here, but um, he literally told me what to do because he had really good things in store for me. I just had to be obedient. Um, so what I want to do is I want to read a couple of verses from Matthew because if God uses dreams to guide and instruct people to facilitate the birth of his son, I think we can't deny that dreams are a really powerful tool for God. So um, Matthew 1, 18 through 21 this was, how, this was how Jesus, God's anointed one, was born. While he was still debating, that's um, Joseph, with himself about what to do, he fell asleep and had a supernatural dream. An angel from the Lord appeared to him in clear light and said, Joseph, descendant of David, don't hesitate to take Mary into your home as your wife, because the power of the Holy Spirit has conceived a child in her womb. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Savior, for he is destined to give his life to save his people from their sins. So God gave Joseph two very clear directions in that dream. He said, take Mary as your wife, meaning don't listen to what everybody's saying. It's not true. And he told him what to name his son. All right, so Matthew two thirteen through 14. We'll go, keep going a little bit further in the story. After they had gone, this is talking about the wise men who also had a dream. We're not talking about that today. Um, Joseph had another dream. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, get up now and flee to Egypt. Take Mary and the little child and stay there until I tell you to leave, for Herod intends to search for the child to kill him. So that very night he got up and took Jesus and his mother and made their escape to Egypt. So two big takeaways from these verses. 
And this is a hard one, but I'm gonna, I want to talk about it. Sometimes God gives us instruction, but he doesn't tell us the whole plan. Anyone ever had that happen? So he pretty much says, go and do this, and I'll tell you the next step later. Um, we have to be obedient even when we don't know the whole plan. Because he's still guiding us and instructing us, and he knows where we're going to thrive if we just follow him. Um, and then secondly, Joseph went that very night. He didn't hesitate. So sometimes we hesitate when we hear God's plan. We hear the tool, and we don't listen. So we need to be obedient in the moment and not always hesitating on God's word. All right, tool number two is relationship. Relationships are for friendship and comfort. So who knows God wants to be in relationship with us? He created us for relationship. Um, He created us for relationship with him and with other people. Do you know why he did that? Because he's madly in love with us. Um, Not because of what we do, but because of just who we are. He just loves us and he wants to be in relationship for a minute. We can just literally stop and think about that for probably a long time. Literally like this whole thing, life, is because God wants to be in relationship with us and wants us to be in relationship with each other. Don't miss that. It's very important. And it will help you thrive and process. If you isolate and you don't have relationship with God and you don't have relationship with other people, you will not thrive and process. It will be very sad and lonely. I don't want that for you. <laughs> All right. So Genesis 22.2 says, this is God talking to Abraham. He said, God, he said, take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one side of the mountain, which I will show you. So this is really, really, really important. God is never ignorant of your heart and what matters to you. So when he asks you to do something, that's not void of understanding the value that you hold for that thing. Um, It's so important that we know he's so compassionate and kind. If he's asking you to do something, he's not telling you without caring about your process. So whether you're like in the instruction phase or the waiting phase or the waiting for 20 years phase, like he knows and he cares. And not for one second does he forget. And sometimes God asks us to surrender things that we love. And that's not because he's mean. He totally understands that's difficult. But he also understands what is going to help you thrive in process. So if he's asking you to give something big up, it's probably because there's something big on the other side. (laughs) If you don't give up those things, it can make process feel like excruciating. Because you're clenching onto it, and God's like, hey man, I'm on the other side of that, and I have something so much better for you. All right, Genesis twenty-two twelve. It says, don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Don't, do not hurt him in any way. For now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld him, withheld from me even your son, your only son. So we got to keep listening. It always requires staying connected to God. 
if we just listen once and then we zone out and don't talk to him for a year, we could really miss something big that he wants to say. Um, and sometimes you need good friends too. Um, if you haven't developed a community of people around you that you trust, that you're in relationship with, um, you won't have people speaking into you when you might want to go do something crazy and maybe it was really just some bad pizza you ate. And they're like, that's not God. Hey, 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 listen, if you don't have those people to tell you that, you might go off and do something crazy. Um, so community is really important. Relationship is really important. All right, so the last tool I want to talk about is trust and faith. All right, so I'm not going to go super into this. We can look at the verses, but uh, just for the podcast reasons, it's Hebrews 11.6 and Matthew 9.22. But um, relationship with God isn't always easy. It requires time, intentionality, trust, faith. Um, and how are we going to step out into all these things if we don't trust God, right? Um, I think we don't usually think of trust and faith as like tools because they seem more like a command. Like I think we grew up hearing like, trust God. You better trust God. Like you have to have faith or you won't be able to do this. And they come across as like, if you don't do this, like that's bad. These are actually tools that God's given us so that we can thrive in our process. So they're not scary things like a commandment that if we don't do, we're going to have something bad happen to us. So um, Hebrews 11.6 says, It's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. And then Matthew 9.22 says, Just then Jesus turned around and looked at her and said, My daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has healed you. And instantly she was healed. So the cool things about those verses is that we get rewarded and we get healed. Who doesn't love to be rewarded? Is this just me because I'm like a first child and I like doing all the right things and then get like a gold star? All right, it's just me. But um, it seems like a great tool to have to thrive in process if we want to get rewards and get healing is that we get to just have faith that God's got our back and wants good things for us. Um, all right, so before we wrap up, I want to tell you this. So process does not equal failure. Should I say it again? Process does not equal failure. So I don't know if it's because we live in this immediate gratification culture, um, but sometimes... Things that take time often feel like failure. Does anyone else have that? Um, this is actually not the case with process. God often designed things to take a lot of time. Do you notice that? If you look at things around you, I love this line. Um, there's a quote from a Hillsong song that says, "How um, nature acquaints us with the nature of patience. Um, if you look at like a huge tree, like, if you actually think about how long it's taken for that tree to be a huge tree, that's like a long time. Um, God designed it that way for a reason. It wasn't an accident. Um, so there's, like, efficiency versus relationship. So what do you think God would choose every time? I think he wants relationship. So God always wants, he will always choose growth and maturity and relationship. 
um, his, our relationship with him, our marriages, our friendships should always be growing, maturing relationships. If I was the same person I was when Jeremy and I got married 11 years ago, that would not be a good thing for anyone here. <laughs> um, oh my goodness. Um, if you if you still spoke to your parents the way you did w- when you were 13, that would not be a good thing. Unless you were like the most mature 13-year-old on the planet, that would be great. Um, process is good because it brings a lot of things if we're patient and we do it right. Um, so, and I, I just want to keep like letting this sink in. Process doesn't make you weaker because it didn't go faster. If you're not letting go of something or being obedient, that's kind of another story because you could actually be stopping or slowing down your process. But I'm talking about if you're obedient and you're listening to God and it's taking a lot of time, it's because he's maturing you. He's not wasting your time because he cares so much about it. Every single second of your time he cares about. So where I want to end today is if we know that God's design is process, your life is process no matter what stage you're in. So you could be a new Christian, you could be walking with God for 50 years, you could be 20, you could be 60, you're in a process. Probably a lot of different processes all made up to make your life process. He just desires so badly to be in relationship and to be trusted to guide you through this process. Um, So what if we're in a situation like any relationship with anyone that your relationship with God feels broken? How can you trust someone if you don't have a relationship with them? And if you don't trust them, you can't. You're not going to thrive in your process. So I want to ask you, are you not being obedient to something that he's asked you to do? Have you blamed God for your lack of breakthrough, but this could be actually the thing that's keeping you from your breakthrough? Is that too real for you guys? (laughs) Um, are you withholding something from him because it seems too valuable or you feel like he doesn't know how valuable it is to you? Do you not believe he cares so much about the very thing he's asking you to give up? And do you feel like he's left you alone because it's been so long or you're so lonely? You might be in the God told me to go, and I'll tell you when to move, and he hasn't told me when to move, and I'm just waiting, and it's really lonely, and I feel like he left me. Um, If you're going to do process, well, you have to trust God. So I want to end tonight by giving you a few minutes to talk to God and see if anything is broken. So 
Maybe you need to start over and get to know him like as if you never met him. And that's okay. That's not a failure. That's like totally awesome. God wants, he doesn't want to be misunderstood. Um, So maybe you have a completely wrong understanding of who he is and that's why you don't trust him. So like Landon said a few weeks ago, when you're in love, you're not skeptical. So if you're in love and God asks you to do something, you'll just do it because you're not questioning everything he asks you. Maybe you need to get healing from pain that you've associated with God. Maybe you need sozo. Maybe you need prayer. Either way, you need to just step out and ask for it. Um, If you grew up in a home, this is really important. If you grew up in a home that ignored conflict or didn't teach conflict resolution, this will 100% affect your relationship with God because you will never heal from any pain that you have with him. And you won't, you won't thrive in your process. So I just want to, I want to give you a few minutes tonight. Um, I'm going to have Amber come up here. Um, so this is really cool. So a couple weeks ago, Amber was at my house and she said like, hey, I, I wrote this song. You want to hear it? And I was like, yes. Um, and she played it for me and it's literally like what my whole sermon was going to be. And I was like, will you sing that? And she said, yes. Isn't that kind of her? So um, I just want to give you a few minutes um, just while Amber's playing this song. And I want you to just ask God, like, hey, is anything broken with me and you? Um, I really want you to thrive in your process. And I know God really wants you to thrive in your process. So if anything's broken... And God, he 100% wants to heal it. So why don't you just ask him how you can do that? And if it's just as simple as asking Holy Spirit to heal you right now, great. If it's more um, you need to set up a sozo or come up for prayer at the end, that's great too. Um, Let's just start the process of healing so that you can thrive in your process. Does that sound good? God, thank you that you're so good. Thank you that you didn't create promise to torture us, but you created it so that we can be the best versions of ourselves. And thank you that no matter where we are in our process, that you're standing right next to us, that you're so good and that you care so much about us. I just bless you guys tonight. If whatever Holy Spirit told you, whatever He, whatever Holy Spirit freed you from, I bless you that you're just free from it forever. That you're free to trust God again. And that you're going to just thrive so much in your process. It's just, it's, your life's just going to be like 100% different because it's going to be fun to wait. Isn't that funny? It'd be fun to wait. So yeah, God, thank you so much that you're so good and that you don't lie to us and you don't trick us. And we love you so much. Thank you. Amen. How cool is it? I just feel so loved by God.
that I wrote a, a sermon and he gave me a song for it. Who gets that? I don't know any, I don't think Landon's gotten that yet. I'm just saying. Can we do that? Can we say that? <laughs> and how, honestly, this is going to embarrass her, but how incredibly talented is Amber? I'm just so honored that God chose her for my sermon. That's how I'm viewing it. Okay. I'm going to be done talking now. Landon has to say something. Okay. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit cedarhousechurch.com.